We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Monte. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El Monte. True story, I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard about this. It's amazing to me about a couple of law students going to law school and uh, one of them was blind and the other one had no arms think about that and so you know they happened to you know meet each other in law school and perhaps because of their handicaps they established a deep relationship and so they they helped each other through law school uh, the one that was blind would carry the man's books who had no arms and the one that was blind was brilliant he was just a, so smart he was a genius and so he would tutor the man who had no arms and the man who had no arms he would you know the guy with the blind man he would carry his books in one hand he'd hold on to him on the other and he would lead him through you know the campus and he would read to him and it was just a beautiful picture of teamwork you know and so at the end, what ended up happening was the, the man who was, uh, who was blind, he was valedictorian. He, he graduated at the top of the, the class. And uh, as he was there, he was uh, um, just saying, you know, I, I have to share this award with my friend. I, I wouldn't be here without him. We work together. And, uh, and so, you know, he brought him up. They, uh, they received the award together. And then they went on to establish a law firm together. Isn't that a beautiful story? And I think about that, you know, I think about like how um, that's such a great illustration for us as, uh, as, you know, friends, as married couples and for us in the ministry, you know. Um, the bottom line is we're all messed up, man. We're all, we all got some major flaws. We all have some you know, deficiencies. We all fall short. We all sin. Um, and you know what? We all need each other. I mean, where would we be if it was just, like, for example, someone say, well, my man is supposed to be doing everything. I mean, he's a janitor. He's a pastor. He's, you know, the one to go visit and, you know, the one to counsel and the one to be there for people to walk into the door. I mean, you know, I'm just using myself as an example, but that can go for any of us. Jerry is over there teaching the youth. He needs help. And, Henry does. I mean, where would I be without Henry? Where would I be without someone to answer the phones? Where would we be without each other? We'd be in big trouble, you know? And when it comes to the church, we need each other, and we need to know where we belong. And so we're going to do a couple of studies as we're going through the series on the Holy Spirit about the gifts of the Spirit. You know, uh, this guy... Um, he he didn't he couldn't see but but he was gifted he was smart you know what about you what gifts do you have uh, a lot of us here we don't even know we don't know where we belong we're not really serving the lord and so what i want to encourage you guys to do is to find out what gifts you have even what talents you have uh, we're going to see even that's a huge thing um we're going to look at the distinctions between them and we're just going to ask god you know, to help us as a church to really, really depend on the Holy Spirit. Because apart from Him, we, we can do nothing. But with Him, there's nothing we can't do. 
See, look what he says here in 1 Corinthians 12, in verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. The, the word gifts there is implied because the context here, it speaks of the gifts. And so he says concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Uh, the word ignorant means uh, not to know something or to be wrong about something. You know, this was a letter written to a church that wasn't like an old church. Paul was there for 18 months, and he wrote this letter um, pretty soon after he left. And so they knew about the gifts. We should know about the gifts. We should be functioning supernaturally. You know, what gifts do you have? What supernatural gifts do you have? And are you exercising those gifts? You know, do you speak in tongues? Anybody here speak in tongues just out of curiosity? Does anybody here have the gift of tongues? Don't be afraid. We're not going to make you come up here and speak right now. So one, two, three. Zion, come on. Come on. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so some of you do, you know. I speak in tongues. And um, it's kind of funny how uh, you can have a gift and not use it. You know, um, it's easy to pray in English, of course, you know. And, uh, and so uh, the Lord really convicted me a while back. And he said, man, I've given you a gift. You should pray in tongues. You know, I have the gift of personal evangelism. I don't have the gift like Greg Laurie. I wish I did. Or Billy Graham or Raul Reese. I mean, these guys sneeze and people get saved. I mean, it's just amazing, right? <laughs> They have an amazing gift. It's undeniable. I don't have that gift, but I still have to do the work of an evangelist as a pastor. I still have to provide those opportunities, right? And But I do have the gift of personal witnessing. Raymond has it, if you've seen him. I think others, I've seen other guys. And yet, a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, I don't do that. We have gifts, a lot of times, that we don't use. And a lot of times we don't realize that those are gifts that we are going to give an account to God one day over those gifts. We have been given a stewardship of that. And so, you know, I use myself and my failures. Perhaps you can relate to that, you know. And sometimes we're, we're living life and we're doing things and we don't realize it. And we are faithful and exercising those gifts. But I want to encourage you guys to find out what they are and to make sure that you're not ignorant or uninformed or you're wrong about the gifts in any way. You know, Paul here, he says straight out, man, I don't want you guys to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. Do you know them? You know, do you know what they are? There's a list of at least 21 gifts. If you count singleness, it's 22 gifts that are explicitly stated in the scriptures. I don't want you to be ignorant regarding these things. And yet, in all honesty, there's probably no greater area of ignorance and confusion within the church today uh, I, I, I think part of the reason of that is because of the extremists. There are some people who have the gifts and, and they lean in you know, different directions. One of the, the cessationists. So those are the people that say the gifts are not for today. The sign gifts are not for today. It's tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, words of knowledge, miracles, healings, that's not for today. That's that extreme. And I think the reason why you got that as extreme is because you got the others on that extreme. There's the ones that say anything goes. They're the ones that say we can all speak in tongues at the same time. They're the ones that, you know, they, they make funny noises. They dance around like 
you know, chickens with their head cut off. I mean, it's, seriously, they do that in churches. They're barking like dogs. They're lying on the floor. It's embarrassing. They call themselves Holy Spirit-filled people, you know, and perhaps their, their, their motives are right. I'm not judging that about them, but if it's not in the Bible, don't do it. So you have those over here that are way on that end. They're the charismatic crazies. And then you have these over here that are cessationists. No, we don't believe any of that supernatural stuff. We got the Bible, right? And they're very objective. And yet, both of those extremes are absolutely dead wrong. You guys, the gifts are for today. The words of wisdom, the words of knowledge, the prophecy, the tongues, the interpretation of tongues, the supernatural gifts of healings and evangelists and apostles and teachers and pastors, that's all for today. We have to understand that, you guys. Look at verse 40 of chapter 14. I love this uh, balance that John Corson uh, points out. He says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 40, let all things be done decently and in order. I like that because there's the balance right there. I don't want some things. I want all things. I want all things that God has to offer. How about you? I mean, I want all, let all things be done, but let it be done decently and in order, you see. And there's the balance. It's got to be according to the scriptures. You know, so today and Lord willing, next Thursday, we'll go through the gifts of the Spirit. Today, we're only going to cover three because we have more of an introduction to it. First of all, what is a gift of the Spirit? Well, it's a divinely ordained spiritual ability which the Holy Spirit sovereignly and undeservedly gives to the believer as instruments for Christian service and edification. I like to think of it this way, kind of like, um, I don't know, X-Men. I don't know all about those movies, but I, you guys ever seen the, the movies? They have, they have like these unique abilities, huh? I mean, I don't know what you call them. I, I, don't, I don't know if supernatural is the right word. You could probably ask Randy afterwards. He would know. But there's this something that they had these extraordinary gifts, and they were all different. They were all beyond mere humanity. That's what the spiritual gifts are, and we all have them if we're saved. Question, what do you have? What are your gifts? The word gift is an interesting word in the Greek language because... Um, it, it, it comes and is rooted in that word grace. You know, grace is charis or, or charis. Uh, it depends. I don't know how you pronounce it. Charis. And, and, the, and the gifts is charisma. Same, so it's rooted in that. So we receive the gifts and we exercise the gifts on grace. And that's a very important lesson you guys, um, you know, I, you got to know that no matter what the gift is, uh, whether it's a pastor, teacher, or the, the helper that doesn't get any accolades, it's, it's, it's the same spirit working in the body of Christ. And both of them have received that by grace. Um, and they exercise those gifts by grace. And that's something that's also very hard for someone like me to accept because I, I have such a performance-oriented mentality and I think, well, I can't, you know, teach or, or minister unless I've had like a perfect day. 
a sinless day where I hit the bullseye. Okay, now I can go up to the platform and the pulpit and preach. I don't know if you guys ever feel that way. Do you guys ever have do you ever do you ever have a perfect day? Have you ever had a perfect day? Anyone here? You guys are cool, man. Let me tell you something, man. If you ever think you're worthy, you are most unworthy. It's always grace. Not that we abuse it. We don't. We never do, but we got to use it. We got to accept it. I'm covered in the blood. And so the gifts are received by grace. They're, they're exercised in grace. And I'll tell you what, God is most pleased with people who accept his forgiveness. God is most pleased with people who receive his grace than he does with those who think they don't need it. Just receive it, you guys. Just receive it. He loves you. He loves you. I mean, if you're in Christ, and you got to know either way, if you're not, you, he loves you. If you're in Christ, you're forgiven. Do you understand that? Have you, have you accepted the fact that you're accepted? Have you accepted that yet? Have you realized the fact that when he sees you in Christ, he sees no sin? Has that hit home yet? It's got to. These gifts, they're they're God's grace on our life. And that's how we're able to minister. That's how we're able to use the gifts that we have. We're unworthy and we're unable. Uh, I heard a a study today by Adrian Rogers. And uh, I wish I could tell you the whole study because that would be better. You know, but um, I'll tell you this little part that he, uh, he mentioned. Like sometimes we think we can do this on our own strength. He said it would be like falling out of the boat and trying to pick yourself up by your own hair, you know. <laughs> they picture yourself doing that. You're in the water and you're like, oh, like you're trying to help yourself out. You mean, can you do that? We can't. You know what? It's got to be someone else coming up and you're throwing the, the whatever, the, the life preserver or, you know, extending their arm. We need, we need his help. I mean, us trying to do these things on our own strength without the, the gifts of the Spirit, without the Holy Spirit and that supernatural ability that He provides would be like you going down to that place where Sergio works, that, that, that mortuary over there, that cemetery over there, and trying to raise a dead man. Try it. Try it one day. You think you're all bad? Go down there and you try to speak to a dead man. Do you think you can give them life? Oh, yeah, because I'm a great arguer. And I know Bibles, I know, you know, like 130,000 Bible verses, and I'm eloquent, I'm persuasive, and I could, no, I don't care how good you are, you can't make a dead man live. You can't. Only the Lord can. And you can't make a single person grow spiritually. I don't care how good you speak or how good you live. You can't do it. God can make us grow. Jesus even said, which of you by worrying can add one stature, one cubit to your stature? We can't make ourselves grow. We can't make anyone grow. We have no, we're, we're unable. And we're unworthy, but he is able. That's why we need, you know, the supernatural gifts that have been given to us. You know, one thing I will say is that they're not talents. And there is a distinction between a human talent and spiritual gift. A human talent is um, 
is common grace. And so I don't know if you guys know what common grace is, but that's something that's been given to everybody in the whole wide world. It's common grace that they're still alive. It's common grace that the sun shines on them. It's common grace that they have food. That's common grace that they have talents. And some of these guys out there, they're great singers, and they're doing it perhaps for the wrong reason. That's a gift, however, that was given to them. We, we would I, I categorize more as a talent, you know, or even a, an athlete, an artist, people who have been given certain talents. Um, that's common grace. But special grace is a gift, not what you receive when you're not born, but in this case, born again. Talents, therefore, are present from natural birth, while spiritual gifts are present from new birth. Talents are, are natural ability, but they're still from God. You know, um, we have, uh, I think Liz is really talented in designing. Gabe is talented in building. I mean, you guys, those are, those are from God. You know, I, I think of others of you here. That you have talents. What are your talents? You're like, I don't have any. Yes, you do. You're a good liar. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> everybody here, everybody here has talents. Everybody here has gifts. And I think it's important for you uh, to, to, to just kind of like, okay, what are they? If you've if you're been given the gift of uh, teaching, then you go and you study that Bible, man. You know, and you and you get on your face and you ask God to, you know, read a few books on, on homiletics or hermeneutics. You cultivate that gift. Find out what they are. If you don't know what they are, then you're too busy. Go and get with the Lord. Sit down and, you know, get on your knees and just ask Him, Lord, show me. Show me what my talents are. Show me what my gifts are, right? Both are for the glory of God and the benefit of man, right? Another thing to mention is that gifts are not fruit, they're not fruit. Gifts have to do with service, while fruit has to do with character. Gifts are kind of like a means to an end. Like I wanna, I'm praying that people would get saved and sanctified. Right? So they're a means to an end, while, while fruit is an end in itself. I just want love. I just want love. Right? Gifts are given undeservedly from the Spirit, while fruit is produced as we cooperate and yield to the Spirit. Gifts will cease one day. Fruit is permanent. That's forever. Gifts are possessed, all gifts are possessed by every believer. And fruit, um, it just depends, right? Uh, it depends on how much fruit they have. But at the end of the day, every variety of fruit should be in every believer. While gifts, not all gifts, are possessed by every believer. And so who gives the gifts? Look here in verse 4 of chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 4, it says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. If you go over to verse 11, 1 Corinthians 12, it says, But one and the same Spirit works in all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And so the Holy Spirit is sovereign and volitional. That means he's the one that chooses whom he uses. He's the one that chooses the gifts to give. How are they to be exercised? If you go over to chapter 13, we find that they're to be exercised in love. Though I speak 
with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries. Now check this out, you guys. Look at this person. The gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains. I mean, this is a pretty amazing person. But have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods. I mean, here's somebody, they sold everything to feed the poor. That's impressive. And though I, I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. You know, chapter 12 is all about the gifts. Chapter 14, he continues to talk about the gifts, but sandwiched between those gifts and that ministry is love. You know, uh, and that's got to be the motive for the ministry. Why are we doing what we're doing? We've got to always check our hearts and recheck our hearts and examine the motives because one day those motives, according to 1 Corinthians 4, they're going to be revealed before God. Why did you do what you did? Not just what did you do, because a lot of times that's all we're concerned about. What did you do? What did you do? What did I do? No, why did you do what you did? If it's not motivated by love, you are, and God loves you and everything, but in that, in that sense that we're nothing and it profits us nothing. It's like he says there in verse 1, it's like a, the guy going to the, the cymbals and just clanging on them and the guy you know, blowing a trumpet. And you guys know how ugly that can sound if you don't know what you're doing. You know what that is? It's annoying to God. It just annoys him. It bugs him. It irks him. When people do what they do when they're not motivated by love. I love God. That's why I do what I do. And I love the people. If you don't have that, get out of the ministry. Get out of the ministry and go and get on your face and ask God to give you love. Sometimes I see people and they're bumping heads and, you know, they're, they're just, they're, I don't know, they're, they're with that. You guys shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't be that way with each other. I should want the best for you and you should want the best for me. And that goes for the entire church. It's got to be motivated by love. If we are loveless in the use of our gifts, then we're also aimless. You know, because when you play the symbols the right way, it's awesome. But if we don't have any love, it's aimless. And if we don't have any love, it's useless. Because that trumpeter, when he's playing the trumpet, that trumpet, he can call his soldiers to battle. That, that, that trumpet, it has, it has specific usages. But if it's not motivated by love, it's not functioning on the fuel of love, then it's aimless, it's useless, and it's profitless if it's loveless. You know, the Corinthian church, if you go back to chapter 1 in verse 7, I mean, you don't have to go there if you don't want to, but if you guys don't believe me when I read, I think it's good to check. I actually think it's... It's good to actually check. That's why it's so cool to have a Bible. In 1 Corinthians 1, it says that, that you come short in no gift. I mean, these guys were a gifted church. They were gifted. They came short in no gift. They were very gifted. But they fell short. The Corinthian church, when you study what was going on there, 
extremely gifted but largely loveless. And so in looking at the gifts back in chapter 12, they're very different. And you're going to see that, and I think it's important to understand. They vary in many ways. But even though they're diverse, there should be a unity within the diversity. Do you guys ever get mad at people because they're not like you? Man, if you would just be like me, everything would be cool. <laughs> and the Lord's just up, up there. He, he still loves you, but he's laughing, man. I'm always on time. I'm always on time. That's what that person says. They're never on time. They're never on Yeah, you know what? They need to repent, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean there's so many variation, variations. You know, they oh, King James only. King James only, brother, 1611, authorized version. You know, and this one's over here alone. I, I think I, I, I just understand the NLT a little more. What are you doing here? This is a King James only church, you know? And, you know, we, we have tattoos. Oh, we don't have tattoos. Well, what is, how does it work? I've had people rebuke me. Say, you should never talk about tattoos from the pulpit because they're bad. I'm like, why are they bad? Show me where they're... Okay, well, I'll start again, right? Here we go. I mean, we got varieties. I thank God for that. I thank God for the varieties. I thank God that everybody's not like me. Uh, I tell you that. I, I really thank God for the diversity. I thank God for that way that we're different because then you know that has so many advantages for one we could reach more people i want to reach the people who are tatted down i want to reach the people who used to to do drugs or they they ran and they even sometimes ran the gangs i want to reach those that were whatever the jocks or you know the the socius i mean you want to reach the people and so the variety there is God, that's, that's actually designed by God. There is a diversity, um, not only in the way that people are, but in the gifts that we have. There should be a, a unity within that diversity. And I think that we should actually appreciate that about each other. Because what that is, is a harmony, right? When Angel's up here, he's singing the notes that we're supposed to be singing, but you guys don't because you're doing something different. <laughs> It still sounds good, but then sometimes you have the other vocalists up here, and they're singing different notes than he's singing. Did you guys know that? Um, what's it? What's that? What's that called? No, not that one. The one when they're singing the primary. Well, together it's harmony, but that one I forgot what it's called. Melody. Yeah, melody. That's the. That's like the, we're supposed to be singing in melody, but then when they do the different notes. It's different, right? But when you put it together, it's harmony. You guys understand that? You know, when you play a chord on the guitar, I mean, when you first start playing the piano, you're like, dun, 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 dun. That's cool, right? <laughs> David's all, yeah, that's what I'm doing, right? But then eventually you got two fingers going, and then three, and before you know it, you got all these different, you know, notes all with both hands, and it just sounds awesome. And, you know, that's the way it is. You know, we're, we're different, and you know what? Praise God for that. The combination of simultaneously sounded musical notes that are different produce chords and chord progressions for a pleasing effect. And more importantly for us, it's pleasing to God because it's designed by God. 
It's music to his heart and it's harmony to our Lord. You know, here we read in verse 4, look what he says. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. What's he saying? They're different. There's diversity, but there's unity. That's exactly what he's saying, right? I mean, there are are different gifts. We read the same thing in Romans 12, verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. You know, there are different ministries. We see that there in verse 5, right? And that the Spirit bestows different gifts, and He gives God's people the capacity to minister in different places, in different ways. While verse 5 says, But Jesus is Lord over those ministers, and those ministries will vary. In verse 6, He says there are different diversities of activities. And that word activity, it speaks of, uh, of operations, different kinds of working God works in different ways. And that's why I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this as a side note. It's not always good to see, well, how did they do it? Well, okay, well, that's how they did it and it worked for them, so that's how we're going to do it. Now, that's the easy way out. Or another thing you can do is, well, that's how we did it last time, right? And, the, you know, God's saying, no, I want you to pray. I want you to ask me how to do ministry, are always open. You're always sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He might not want you to do it like the church down the street. He might want, not want you to do it like the way you did it last week. That's important. See, there's a, there's, there's a diversity with the gifts and in the ministries and in the activities. Here in verse 6, we see the Father is mentioned. And so when it comes to the unity and diversity, the Father is involved as well. Not only overseeing the saints, but overseeing even the Son and the Spirit. He's working, it says, all things in all. And so there are different gifts, you guys, um, among one body. We read that in verse 12. Look at verse 12. It says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether whether you know white or brown or whatever Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. He just keeps saying it over and over again. Don't forget the diversity, but don't forget the unity. That's really what he's saying, right? I mean, he's saying there's one body, and you guys know how it is: one body with many parts. Where would we be without the different parts of our bodies, right? Different gifts, he says there in verse 7, for the profit of all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And so do you guys really see that? Do you see how much we need each other? Do you see that? I mean, it's for the profit of all. And so that person over there is doing good. Their person over there is doing good. And you know what? what's, what's ugly is sometimes when that person over there is doing good, we get jealous. We get envious. We don't want them to do good. You know, because it's the ugliness of our nature. Rather than completing each other, we are competing with each other, you know? And, uh, uh, um, you know, for us, we got to see it differently. The Bible says that when they do good, 
you profit. Do you realize that? And when they're struggling, you're going to be crying with them and you want to encourage them because then that affects us as well. And so for us to have that diversity and that unity is so important, you guys. As we get into these gifts, uh, just really take that to heart. And my prayer is that we would have a, a, just a, an understanding of the way that we are a body. You know, the other day after one of the funerals I did on Saturday, I was able to talk to one of the gals that accepted the Lord. And she said, okay, I wanted to say raise my hand. But then afterwards, we were talking and she said, you know, I want that in my life, but I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to church. I still, you know. And some people have a problem with going to church service. But it's so important that you do. It's so important because there are the other members of the body. And there you're going to be, uh, you're going to grow. You will benefit from the other brothers and sisters there in the body. And they, and I told her that. It doesn't matter if you're a new believer. We need you to be there. We need you. You need us. Because together we're we're different parts of one body. And that goes for a congregation. That goes for the church as a whole. We're not competing for, with the church down the street. You guys know that, right? That doesn't belong in the church. You see, it's for the profit of the whole body. It really is. You know, one of the sad things, you guys is there are those out there who believe that the spiritual gifts are, are not available today. And, I, and let me just say this to you. Whatever you do, don't believe them. Whatever you do, do not believe them. Even though they might have a title after their name and they might call themselves so-called scholars, it is toxic. I mean, we're going to see later where the Bible says, do not quench the spirit. The word quench, is, uh, it's, it means to put out a fire. You know, when the Holy Spirit came in tongues of fire, I mean, you know, there was a purity there. There was a power there, right? And so when they say the gifts are not an operation for today, it's like they're fire extinguishers. Man, whatever you do, do not believe them. You know, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, do not quench the Spirit. You know, the, the reason they believe they're not for today, believe it or not, it's based on one verse. I'm going to show it to you here in 1 Corinthians 13, in verse 10. It, it says in verse 8, actually, love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. In other words, one day the prophecies will, will stop. That's really what fail means. Love never stops. Love will never stop. But prophecies, they will. And whether there are tongues, they will cease. And whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away one day. Here it is. He says in verse 9, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man... I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. You see what he's talking about? He's talking about when Jesus comes. That which is perfect is Jesus. They think it's the Bible. They think that when the Bible comes, then we won't need the spiritual gifts anymore. 
But they have a big problem. Because look what it says right here. Because he's talking about a time when that which is perfect has come. And by the way, if you read 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, speaking of Jesus, he says, that which we touched, that which we saw, that which we heard. He's speaking of Jesus, and he's calling him that. And so here, when he says that right here, when, when that which is perfect has come, that's Jesus. Then that which is in part will, will be done away, Right? I mean, he mentions right here in verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. And then in, in verse 12, he says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, here's the then, face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, notice, just as I also am known. I mean, I don't know right now, today, I don't know just as God knows me. One day I will when I see him. Right now I still see dimly in a mirror, but then when I see God, I'm going to see him face to face. We don't see him face to face now. You see, 1 John chapter 3, it says in verse 3, it says that when you have this hope, that when you know, you're there and you're going to be known just as you're known, it uses those words. It's, it's then that Jesus comes. It's prophecy. So, you know, they have their cessationist doctrine. It was something that was introduced by, by Benjamin Warfield, and uh, it was in the 19th century, and it's just way off course. Let me tell you guys something. There is nothing in Scripture, reason or experience, to make us believe that the gifts of the Spirit are not for today, every single one of them. And yet, I'll tell you what, if I was to introduce this and talk to you guys and say, hey, do you believe in the gifts? You would say, yeah, on paper. But I wonder if you really do. Like, you know, like, like I don't know, tongues. You know, like someone spoke in tongues. And there you are, you're like, ha, that's fake. How do you know? Because you're a quencher. Some Lord lays something on your heart, and you're like, man, I, I really feel like I want to tell that person this. I really feel like, I, like God is kind of giving me a message for them. But no, nah, that doesn't happen anymore. So you don't do it. It's a quencher, right? Someone comes up to you and says, hey, I believe that God wanted me to tell you this. You laugh, huh, go away. That doesn't happen anymore. You're a quencher. Or you doubt, what does the Bible say? Don't despise prophecies. I can tell you a handful of times where people have come up to me in my life and they started with a word of knowledge and they said, you know, they told me a secret about me that I only knew. I'm like, where'd you get that information? You've been sitting in my garage while I've been praying? <laughs> you got a microphone in there? How did you know that I've been praying that, that prayer? that prayer for the last three weeks no one else knew how did you know that and here's this lady she's just talking to me with his tears flooding down her face and she said god wants me to tell you this and then it was followed by a word of wisdom a word of knowledge and then a word of wisdom not that you okay all right well i'm gonna do it you know like no you test everything but as you're open to the gifts of the spirit you know, God does a great and awesome work, you guys. You know, we don't have time to get into it uh, right now because 
We had dinner plans and everything, but um, you know, as we go through this for the next week or, or a couple weeks, we'll see how long it lasts. I, I just really pray that you guys, that we would be open, you know, um, to miracles, that we would open to the Spirit, that we start studying the gifts. And if you, if you guys want to, read First Peter four, Romans twelve, First Corinthians twelve. And Ephesians 4. Read those chapters. They, they talk about the gifts. And just start. Like, like, just start. Like, which ones do I have? And then maybe even in another column over here, write down the talents that you have. Well, not that you're bragging. Not that you're bragging, okay? Well, maybe some of you here, you don't have a talent. You know, what I would say is maybe ask somebody who loves you, Okay. <laughs> Do you see any, any, any qualities in me? Do you see any, any, I don't know, strong points, talents, gifts? Just out of curiosity. And, you know, you just start, you know, talking to people. I actually have an exam. It's about maybe 10 pages that you can take and answer all these questions and it tells you where your gifts are. It's really cool. Maybe we can do that. You know, but um, I don't know. Just start thinking about that. Just start thinking, okay, in order for us to reach this city and to reach this nation and reach this world, um, we can't do this on our own strength. That would be like me trying to preach to a dead man or, or me, you know, if you're trying to make myself grow, me trying to pull myself out of the water and save myself from drowning by my own hair. I, I can't do it. We can't do it. Manny can't do it. Henry can't do it. There's not a man on planet Earth that can do it but the Holy Spirit can. And so when we were like, okay, the gifts are, are real, and you start looking, and man, you're discovering, and you start looking into these things. Um, I don't know. I, I think God's going to do a great work. I think prayer is important. You know, if you can't make that Monday night prayer or Saturday morning men's prayer or Wednesday night ladies' prayer, I would challenge you, pray with somebody. Commit yourself to be praying with someone, not just by yourself. That's a given. Now go beyond that and just say, okay, you know what? I need a prayer partner. I need a, like a little prayer group. I can't make Mondays or Wednesdays or Saturday mornings. And, and you just take that step of faith and you watch what God will do. Those, that's the key is faith. And I believe faith is always manifested in prayer. And so, you know, when I was thinking about this in closing, I'll just, one last thing. The greatest gift of all is the Lord Jesus Christ. Huh? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, and in Jesus Christ, we have that gift of salvation. You know, I just pray that you guys all know that. You love, um, that, that just, that the Lord loves you. And if you're here today and maybe you're struggling, um, Maybe you just have religion. Maybe your marriage is, is at the end or I don't know. There's other holes in your heart that are just not being filled because you're trying to fill them with religion or you're trying to fill them with drugs. Or you're trying to fill them with alcohol. You're trying to fill them with money or maybe work or whatever it might be. We have so many of those artificial substances you know what, man? I just pray you would know tonight that God loves you. He loves you so much. And he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. All your sins were laid on him. Everything you did, there's nothing that's too bad. 
that Jesus can't forgive. He died for that. And then when he died, they put him in a grave, but they couldn't hold him down. He rose again to prove who he was. And what all the Lord says is, if you want life, all you have to do, and you can do it tonight. You can walk out of these doors tonight and know that, you know, and I know it sounds highly unlikely, but, man, if you were getting a car accident on the way home, or if you were to pass, that you would go to heaven because you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you repent of your sins, and you receive him as Lord and Savior. But I'm telling you this, if you didn't die tonight and you accepted the Lord, then in one sense, um, you kind of have a little bit of heaven on earth. With whatever time you have left, when you really truly give your life to the Lord, then you will never regret it. Some of you here, maybe you come like every week. You come every week and maybe your grandma was a Christian and your grandpa was a Christian and your aunts and your, and your theos and your compas and your cousins and your friends and, and your parents are Christians. And you know, you come all the time, but in all honesty, you are, you are so lukewarm. You are distant from God. You are far from the Lord. You don't talk about the Lord. You don't have a hunger for the word or prayer. You're, you're distant. Oh, man, I, if that's you, man, stop. I, I pray that tonight you would draw near. You would know his love, and you would know that he has great plans for your life. But those plans are only fulfilled as you draw near to him, and you accept that blood, and you accept that forgiveness. You guys, let it sink in. And I always, you know, I'm preaching to myself a lot of times. I just really want God to get a hold of all of our heart. You guys, don't be a half-hearted Christian. Let's be all in. Lord, I, I just thank you for these beautiful people, Lord. They're beautiful because that's how you see them. You love them. Lord, you love them. All the differences, the idiosyncrasies that we have. and Even when we fall, I have a feeling it doesn't make you mad. I just kind of have a feeling that your heart goes out to us. Like when I see my kids fail, I love them. I, and I'm just a wicked man. Lord, I just pray that we would have that healthy understanding of who you are. And, and Lord, that you would just capture our hearts with your love. I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, that today would be the day they would surrender their life to you. And I just want to thank you, God, so much. As we begin to study the gifts of the Spirit, I pray, Lord, that if there are any gifts that are being buried or dormant or undiscovered or undeveloped or undeployed, I pray, Lord, that you would just, by your grace... Lord, allow us to be able to use those gifts. Change our church, Lord. Change our heart. Change this city. Change this world. Lord, we love you. We're so hungry. Never continue. I pray, Lord, all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 
454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.